The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 153rd episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. We are back after a short absence due to the fact that me and my buddy Floyd here, we unfortunately were the recipients of a nice little batch of coronavirus. Uh, We are doing okay right now. I just got my negative test this morning, so I am good. Just a little bit of throat soreness. If you hear a reason why my voice may sound a little bit lower than usual, that is why. But other than that, I am good. And I'm joined here, of course, by my good friend Floyd Johnson Jr. As always, he's here. How you doing, Floyd? I am doing great. This is my second time with the COVID. This time was a, a lot less worse. Um, my doctor... We're very proactive because I am diabetic to get me on all the drugs. One of the drugs that I am on is a steroid that has caused hiccups. So I am going to try to pace myself when I talk so I don't hiccup, but it's going to happen. So I'm sorry. (laughs) And we got a lot to cover. A lot has happened. Wrestling is kind of in turmoil right now. With all the freaking weird out-of-nowhere injuries, so this should be fun. I'm just glad at this point it's not going to be me with all the hiccuping. It's 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 not me, because that last time I was like, miserable with the amount of hiccups I had. But yes, we got so much to talk to. Be prepared. This will probably be our longest episode of All Things Elite in a very long time. We've been gone for a while. So much shit has happened. We got to get through everything. Before we get into the show, though, please make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platform, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can leave a donation through your, our podcast provider, Red Circle. Easiest way to support us, though, is by following us on social media. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. I do have one more thing before we get started. Go ahead. I've been holding this for a while because, you know, we haven't been able to do the show. But uh, a few years ago when we started, when AEW was announced in 2018, uh, 
that first week that they were announced, three shows popped up. Uh, it was us, uh, Voices of Wrestling's Everything Elite, and I f- forgot the name of the other show. Uh, I know it had, and uh, I know it had Tiffany from the Independence on it, and we were the three first AEW podcasts. You know, I did all the searching and all that stuff. We were the originals. We were covering BTE. I had Issa on, and people that were that made up all the all things elite, you know, like world, all the, you know, the people that were kind of the reasons behind AEW becoming a thing. And yeah, so we were always like the third longest running AEW podcast. We're now officially the longest running AEW podcast. That's right. Yes. I thought that I told Austin when it happened, I thought, Pretty cool. I listen to Everything Elite almost every week. I was not a Patreon guy, but I did listen to their show. They put on a very good show. Other All Things Elite show, um, other AEW show was very, because um, my original name was going to be Everything Elite. They beat me to it. Uh, so uh, the other podcast, I, I didn't listen to as much, but I've always been a supporter of the AEW podcast. So it does suck that they stopped running. I thought they did a really good job, but I don't think they liked the direction AEW was going or whatever that they were doing. So- Sorry if you just heard Cody's theme. I forgot to turn <laughs> off my ringer uh, on my phone, but some of that's on mute now. But uh, yeah, uh, shout out to all them, all the hard work they did over the years. They were a consistent show, but now we're not. We are the first AEW podcast. Uh, I have to say, I we're the best AEW podcast. Cause there you go. out of all the AEW podcasts and all the AEW pay per views, there's only one podcast. And Floyd means one podcast where someone from the show has been at every pay per view. Yeah, that's our podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. I'm gonna get there sooner or later. I gotta get to a full gear, and then we're in the clear. We've been to every pay per view. Uh, when Punk was there, we were there. When Punk won the world title, we were there. You know, Forbidden Door, we will be there. You know, it, like we're live in the building. No, we don't always get our podcast review up first. You know why? Because we're there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when people are sitting at home, it's easy, you know, get over the computer, press record. No, we're there. We're in the building. We're celebrating. We're drinking. We're having fun with our friends. And then we come home and do the show. So yeah. it's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's one of the things the instant reaction is something we have to give up because we're at the show. I, I, I live with it. I can live with that. Uh I like I said, I don't I, I respect all the other AEW podcasts. Of course, my girl Jackie. Uh Jackie Rodriguez, one of my closest friends on this on this. She does an amazing AEW podcast, and they're always up. They're all running they're always live her and ant and uh elite elite pov great show great merch great patreon i i'm supporting because that's not if you've ever been on the show and you've ever heard me i am not about just listening to my show listen to them all why not listen to us first but listen to everybody <laughs> you know there's nothing there's there's no competition there's airways there's time there's there's 24 hours in a day, you know. There's a lot of hours in a week. Listen to as much as you can. But, you know, when we when we put ours out there, go ahead and give us the download. Go ahead and give us the like. 
let us know that you love us because I'm not I'm not competing with anyone. I'm just I get on here with my friend Austin and talk about wrestling, and that's what we do. And that is what we do. You like it? I hope you vibe with us. I hope you stay with us. If you don't, there are other podcasts, and then that's just how we roll. Yes, but of course, like we said, big news of the week was the fact that Double or Nothing just took place last weekend, and we, me, myself, Floyd, my sister Sydney, and my good friend Jared O'Brien, who I got to meet for the first time in Jared, person. I've been friends yo, with this. Yeah, yo, dude, I dude. love that guy. I, I, I immediately fr- wanted to be his best friend. Like <laughs> after ten minutes being around that guy, he's just a cool, cool individual. He just, he just vibes. He just. He didn't try to take over the conversation. It was just like this natural back and forth. It's just you, and especially with wrestling fans, you never know what you're going to get. Of course. And it was just, it was such an easy conversation with him. So Jared's, I, you were like, you want to be on the show? And he was like, I was like, yeah, we couldn't work it out apparently. Yeah, but unfortunately. It, it happens, but he's always welcome on the show because he's just a cool dude. He has yeah. an interesting respective on wrestling. Yeah, no, he's my he's been my friend online for like three years. I found him from his YouTube channel, The Tune Up. Be sure to go and subscribe to him. He's amazing, does music reactions and posts hip-hop uh, songs and stuff like that. Um, but also, I uh, we he, I found him to be a wrestling fan. He has only been to two wrestling pay-per-views. I believe it was SummerSlam 2015 and Hell in a Cell 2016. Those were the two wrestling shows he had been to. He had never been to an AEW show I felt the need to be like, yo, man, you're from California. Vegas is right there. Do you want to join us for Double or Nothing? He agreed, and everything worked out. It was awesome. We had a blast. Um, he unfortunately could only stay for the Sunday and then had to go right back to California like early in the morning. But that dude's a legend. Just wanted to give him a shout-out because that guy's my dude. Um, but we all got to go and attend Double or Nothing. It was an outstanding show. We had a blast in Vegas, so much so that me and Floyd got sick. But you know what? It's whatever's. But I, I still could not tell you how much fun I had at that show. Um, our seats were really great. Me and Sydney and me and Sydney and Jared were standing. We're standing. We're like lower bowl right at the ramp, pretty much. It was a great view when the. When the Anarchy in the Arena match was happening, Brian Danielson literally was coming right down the stairs right next to us because we were right at the like at the at the we were right next to the stairs where we were sitting. So like Danielson just walked right fucking next to us. It was crazy. Um, But yeah, the show was outstanding. But the big thing we have to talk about, too, is the biggest news to hit AEW. And, of course, it's been a very long time, so everyone's already aware of this. We can't, like, dance around it before we get to it. So, of course, Double or Nothing finished with CM Punk winning the AEW World Championship from Hangman Adam Page. We'll talk about the match when we get to it. But, again, what the fuck did I tell you, people, for all these weeks and all these months that this shit was going to happen Y'all can kindly read it and weep, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to celebrate too much because, unfortunately, on the dynamite after that in Los Angeles at the uh, at the uh, I can't remember the name of the venue, but CM Punk in his six man tag match with FTR, yeah, the Forum, the Kia Forum, yeah. Um, In the six man tag match with FTR, unfortunately, CM Punk suffered a broken foot, and made a tweet announcement before Rampage went on the air about how he had to make an announcement regarding the AEW World Championship. 
and he does need surgery on the broken foot. And he cut a very heartfelt promo on Rampage, which we can get through the entire thing also later. Um, he mentioned how he was prepared to relinquish the title, but Tony Khan told him that he believed in CM Punk and he believed in him being the AEW World Champion. So he would not be relinquishing the title. He would be still champion, like like if it was a UFC uh, champion getting hurt. You still hold on to the belt. There will be an interim champion crowned, and Punk said he will come back bigger and stronger and faster and better than ever before and prove to everybody why he is still the best in the world. Fucking suck, but I swear to God, dude, when he mentioned the line about how he said, I was going to keep riding until the wheels fell off on this thing, I fucking got so terrified that it was like a career ender. Like I knew most of the time with a foot injury, that's never really a career ender, but you never know with stuff like this. Um, And when I saw that tweet, I literally had a pit in my stomach because God damn it, like I wanted him to go on a run so hard with that title. And of course, we'll talk about this in the Dynamite review. We just got a tease of Tanahashi versus CM Punk at Forbidden Door. We were going to get that match, but then the the foot injury happened and there was just a complete punch to the gut. It sucked. Um, I wish nothing but the best for Punk and hope for a speedy recovery from the injury. It just really is a is a big bummer because, man, that was a, such a huge moment to be at. Again, like I said, I was there for Punk's first match back in AEW. I was there for his first moment in AEW when he debuted in the United Center. And then I was there at Double or Nothing for when he won his first championship since his illustrious 434-day reign with the WWE title. And then it lasted like, well, I mean, again, technically he's still holding it, so his title reign is still lasting, but he's been on TV with the title for less than a week, which fucking is a bummer. But again, hopefully he's able to recover hopefully as quickly as possible so we can see him. But take your time, I guess. Just make sure like everything goes well. But yeah, it's just this was a bit of a punch to the gut at the end of the week. And when I had COVID and I had to watch that, I was just like, man, shit just can't get any worse. It's, it's one of those things that sucks. Uh, I was prepared for anything when the show came on. When the show came back, uh, I was prepared for anything as far as an announcement. I was prepared to say, you know what? It sucks, but we saw CM Punk's whole run. You know, we saw from the moment that he showed up to the time that he became a champion. And I was like, I was prepared, you know, for that. I mean, for me, I remember before the show, I think it was Jared to ask. He was like, what can make this, uh, you know, like the best night ever? And I, I said, you know, CM Punk wins the title. And well, I said, FTR comes out and drops Hangman on his head. And then they celebrate with CM Punk when they won the title. I didn't get that part, but I did get, after the match, FTR showing up. So to me, it was like this perfect type of clothing and then the shirts they came out with and all that stuff. So for me, of course, I did not want Punk's career to be over. I hope everybody understands that. But if it was that, it was like it hit all the right notes for me, right? So, uh, yeah, but... And this is what I'm saying. Kenny ended up working through his injuries, even though he probably should have sat down at some point. So this is the first time that Tony has had to make this huge of adjustment in the world title picture. We saw it in the TNT title picture with uh, Cody getting COVID, which that was kind of a minor inconvenience because they were able to just go back. But 
This is Punk. This is what he's been working to. This is this is TK's guy. You know, this is his favorite wrestler. And it's like when people were getting like Hangman's going to win this match. I was like, Tony Khan's from the beginning has said CM Punk's his favorite wrestler. He owns the company. He's putting the title on his favorite wrestler. So that seemed like, you know, a no brainer to me. But now it's like now he has to adjust because we pretty much got Punk announcing who he's wrestling at the next show. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not happening. So they've made some adjustments that we'll discuss as the show goes on, but I am really looking forward to what's coming. And, you are you know, wrestling isn't what you have planned. It's how you adjust to when your plans get screwed. So that's what we're going to see. Yeah, definitely. And like, like you said, too, because, again, I've been on this show and saying, like, Punk has given me more in this uh, this recent run with AEW than I could have ever imagined in his return to wrestling. That, like I said, he could wrestle for like six more days or like six more years, and I would be perfectly fine with it because I'm just along for the ride. So I was like kind of being like, okay, listen, if he retires, you have to emotionally be prepared for that possibility because like if it hits you, like, you're going to be a mess. So, like, you kind of got to be prepared for that a little bit. Very glad that wasn't the case. But, like, um, I would not have been – I would not have been upset if that was the case because, again, like I said, I could have never imagined all the shit that I've gotten in Punk's reign up to this point. So, like – but I am glad that he is still going to be able to wrestle past this. Um, but, again, hope for a speedy recovery on that. Um, and we're going to get into our AEW Double or Nothing review, but I figured, Floyd, right now, before we get into all that stuff, because we had a little bit of a mention of Cody, we should probably talk about what happened at Hell in a Cell, because, oh my god, like, Jesus Christ. And this will be a, a small little quick thing again. This is going to be a long episode. I apologize for that, but Cody Rhodes was in the main event of Hell in a Cell against Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell match, apparently before the show took place. He was lifting weights and ended up tearing his pectoral completely off the bone, but proceeded to still wrestle in the main event. And he later said after the show went off the air that nobody forced him to make that decision. It was completely of his own decision. Um, his entire chest, like like one side of his chest, was purple. And it was like one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Like, we all remembered how awful it looked when uh, Triple H tore his peck in that, in that tag team match against the Brothers of Destruction. But, like, this was just as bad, but Cody was still wrestling with this fucking thing. And the match still managed to be really, really good. Um, Hell in a Cell was honestly really good. The fact of WWE continuing to, like, not really have too much, like, hype for their shows, but over-delivering a little bit is been a nice little surprise it happened with backlash it happened with this so i've been pleasantly surprised by that um and cody proved himself to be one of the bravest people i've ever seen possibly one of the stupidest people i've ever seen um i got nothing but respect for cody he's a tough son of a bitch but i never want to see him do that again i know he's planning to get surgery on that on thursday um, hopefully he won't be out for too long because if he is, that's going to be a put a, a massive wrench in WWE's plans. But um, I hope for a speedy recovery on Cody and never, never do that again, please. Now we'll go to the Cody man himself, Floyd. 
I mean, man, what was your reaction to that entire thing? You know, I always bring up how long I've been watching wrestling and all that stuff. And I've seen people work through injuries. And you saw it more in the 80s and 90s than anything. It was like you had to work to eat. But, you know, life's a little different now. Uh, you know, you, you you know you can take time off or whatever. Uh, I commend Cody for what he did. I think what's getting lost is the equal amount of praise that should be replaced on Seth Rollins. I mean, the wrestling is a beautiful, violent dance, and it's my favorite thing in the world, but it takes two to put on a great match. And Cody was extremely limited, and Seth Rollins made up for a lot of Cody Rhodes' limitations in that match. Now, halfway through the match, you could see Cody got cooking, you know, and he literally basically no-sold the... uh, the uh, pectoral muscle for the rest of the match after after a while. But for the first part of that match, where it was still tight or whatever, it was all Seth. It was a carry job. It was a beautiful job. I commend Cody for being out there. I commend Seth for doing what they did because they put on a great match despite the circumstances. You know, it was a great match, and I, I, I really want that to be long. That was a great match. It was one of the better WWE matches I've seen all year, and despite the fact that his arm wasn't working, it was a beautifully told story with a lot of intrigue. I had no idea who was going to win, and it was very, very fun. That being said, I never want to see Cody do that again. I know he said I know he said no one could have kept him from going out there. Yes, they can. I mean, you have bosses. You have medical staff. That is literally their job is to keep you from going out there. And I know his face was on the chair. I understood the the pressure that had been put on him. Hell in the Cell was built around a one match, and that match was about Cody. So I don't think he would have, you know, I think he would have fought every person tooth and nail to get out there to the ring. But uh, if you watch shoot sports very often, uh, sometimes when it comes to athletes, and I, I made this comment in a lot of groups that I was in, at some point you get so hurt you can't get hurt anymore. I think that's where Cody was. His pectoral was off the bone. You can't injure that more than it's already injured, right? You go out there, it's about pain tolerance. You shoot it up, you do whatever you got to do. You, you and then you wrestle and then you make it and he cuts his promo and it's beautiful and I honestly I've seen uh double or nothing the first double or nothing uh all in those are the moments where I could see like Cody star was on its highest rise I have never seen that outpouring of love for Cody like I saw last night and and then it's 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 pure it's loving i think he has yes he, he has the wwe's audience he's the number one guy he's the number one face he's the guy to beat roman eventually there is no one else again i'm sorry for uh, the struggling right now but there is no one else he took he took that mantle last night whether it was on purpose whether it was whether it was like calculated or whatever he took the mantle. No, There's no one else anyone wants to see win the title other than Cody Rhodes. And I think he deserves it. But right now it's all about getting healthy. <coughs> that um, you're getting that chest put back together. 
Um, it's going to be a long ride. And yeah, best the best wishes to him. Again, Seth Rollins should be in your wrestler of the year conversation. I want that to be known. No. I mean, yeah. you can't just look at, oh, if you win or lose. You have to look at the great performances. I yeah. would put that Seth Rollins performance up against anybody's performance this year. Anyone's. Yeah. yeah, it was outstanding, honestly, and much praise to Cody. And again, hopefully he gets healthy soon as well. Um, it's been it's been a big uh, couple. It's been a been big week in terms of injuries. So we'll probably get to a lot of people that were uh, recently hurt and hopefully we'll get back as soon as possible. But now we can get into AEW Double or Nothing. We'll go very quickly through the buy-in. We had a small little rap segment with the Acclaimed and the Gun Club to get the crowd hyped up. It was very cool to see them. And then the one buy-in match we had was the premier athlete, Tony Nese, and smart Mark Sterling facing Hookhausen, who got great reactions. Um, and I especially loved the camera shot of Hook doing his thing where he leans against the turnbuckle and then Danhausen's looking in the camera right next to where he's looking at off to the side. It was very, very funny. Um, and this match did exactly what it needed to do. It was a nice little slightly comedy match with um, Hook really just beating the shit out of people and Danhausen taking a little bit of punishment, but also had himself a good amount of offense. Uh, smart Mark Sterling looked like a jackass. It was very funny. Uh, and yeah, it worked out very, very well. And it was... It was a nice little buy-in match. It was cool to see them. It did what it needed to do, honestly. Very entertaining match. I love that Dan Housen got the win after putting a curse on him. Uh, I, I kept trying to tell people, and I, I'm not going to take victory laps every time, but everybody was concerned that Dan Housen was going to be this serious match-winning character. I'm like, you, you know, you need to put that aside because that's not who he is. He's a comedy wrestler. And he's a very entertaining comedy wrestler. I'm just like, he's one of the best comedy wrestlers in the world. I'm not uh, just, I'm not like trying to, uh, you know, shit on what he does. I mean, he's very, very, very funny. He's very entertaining. But this is his spot. This is what they brought him in for. This is Danhausen. So, you know, you can calm down. <laughs> yeah, really. But we'll get into the main card now. The show opens up. With MJF's music. And if anybody has been paying attention to AEW recently on Twitter in the last week, you may, you will be very aware that the day before um, AEW Double or Nothing, MJF apparently no-showed FanFest uh, for the people who paid for his meet and greet. People said they saw him in the casino gambling during when his meet and greet was supposed to be taking place. And then according to Sean Ross Sapp, a flight was booked out of Vegas for MJF, no idea if it was booked by him or or booked by somebody else, but there was reports that he was going to be leaving uh, Vegas and no showing uh, double or nothing. He eventually did not get on the plane. Apparently that him and Tony Khan were meeting uh, every once in a while, like during this time period, and he opened up the show and had the biggest pause of people being like, is he here? And then he eventually walks out to a chorus of booze and eventually gets into the ring and is start doing like the airplane motion while flipping, flipping off the fans being the biggest fucking dick. Um, and he would then have to face Wardlow coming in with handcuffs carried in by security 
and uh, MJF would get out of the ring, be stalling for time, basically tried to do a little bit of offense, and then it became pretty much a squash. Uh, the ref- there was a great spot of MJF pulling the Dynamite Diamond ring out of his trunks. Referee and Wardlow saw him trying to do it, and like Bryce literally pulls it away from him out of his off his hand. So funny. And then MJF is screaming like, I'll double your pay. Like, we can talk this out. And then powerbomb, powerbomb, powerbomb. About like 10 times he got powerbombed. Then Wardlow pins him. Wardlow's free from his contract. He's officially all elite. And MJF is stretchered out of the arena. That was the finish of this match. And, of course, we know we're going to talk about MJF's very uh, important thing that took place on Dynamite. And we'll get to that very quickly. But we got to get through the rest of the show. But on this match specifically... Floyd, thoughts on this opening the show? This is exactly where this needed the spot needed to be to make sure so it didn't take away from any of the rest of the matches because everybody was going to be worried about if uh, he showed up. Uh, there was nothing to worry about. He did his thing. Uh, the match was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was just going to be like a squash. MJF hung out longer. I, there is a longer match for these two later. It's going to be a better match, and it's going to be awesome. But this is what this match needed to be. Uh, getting carried out on the stretcher, Wardlow was unbeatable tonight. It's like you could have had uh, Prime Goldberg and 1988 Hulk Hogan out there, and Wardlow would have just squashed him because he was completely, completely focused on getting this title reign. I mean, well, getting this uh, contract, getting up from under MJF. Yeah, it was absolutely great. We then moved on to the Young Bucks facing off against the Hardys. Um, Also, apparently, Ring of Honor commentator Caprice Coleman was on the broadcast team. I did not know that. I have not watched the show back yet. Um, But then... Yeah, uh, it's kind of hard to watch it when you don't even want to move. You just want to... Yeah, it's kind of hard to do so. Yeah, when I'm I'm bedridden, it's a bit hard for me to... Yeah, all I wanted to do was go back and watch the show back. But I, (laughs) I started feeling immediately bad uh that next morning like i was gonna watch it while we were driving and it was like i was just popping stuff so we could make it home and we had like a 16 hour drive so yeah it wasn't a short drive yeah and i when i started feeling a little bit better i got on the stranger things kick for the new season which is very very good okay good yeah but basically uh this match between the young bucks and the hardys was really good really good apparently uh jeff hardy apparently got uh, knocked in the head or something because he apparently did not remember most of this match because he had apparently no recollection of it. Um, this had some really good tandem offense. Great work by the Young Bucks healing it up. Um, the use of Brandon Cutler was also really good. Um, at one point, though, Jeff Hardy proceeded to do a swanton bomb onto a Jackson. There's no telling which one. And he swantons off into the outside, off onto the steel steps which was such a fucking spot. Twist of fate in the ring, and then I believe it was uh, Nick who kicked out, but it was such a great kick out, though. Like, I swore, I swore that was the end of the match. Um, but then eventually Jeff Hardy uh, was able to get uh, the Swanton uh, bomb uh, after, <coughs> excuse me, the side effect was hit uh, by Matt Hardy, and Nick takes the pin. The Hardys win the match. That was really good. It was a lot of fun. 
a great follow-up match to uh, the opening match. Yeah, uh, this was, I, everybody knows, not the biggest, the Hardys at the current state phase. I think, you know, the Young Bucks did what they could. They did a great job. Uh, it's just, yeah, the Hardys is, they're the, they're the nostalgia act right now. Uh, like I'm not I'm trying I'm not trying to say anything mean about them. I'm really not. It's just like we're at all elite wrestling right now. And it's just like I don't feel like they're on the level to compete on that level right now. I and this is about as mean as I will ever get on this show. <laughs> it's like I just don't think they're there. And I know they're the Hardys. I do. I do know they're the Hardys. But it's just like it looked like the Young Bucks were working at half speed, in my opinion. Maybe somebody else may have seen it different, but it looked like they were working at half speed to me. Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't uh, remember seeing it that like that. But yeah, maybe if, if you no, see no, that, I like understand. I said, everyone's gonna see everything differently from me. Right. I have this. I don't really want to see the Hardys wrestle anymore thing in me. So I get it. I might be being more critical than <laughs> someone else, and I'm I'm willing to admit it. I might be being overly critical. I'm willing to admit it. It's just. Yeah, it is what it is. I love Jeff. I love Matt. I loved them in 1999. I loved them in, like, 2013. I don't necessarily love watching them wrestle in 2022. Yeah, I get it, but that was... I, I enjoyed it still. Yeah. Um, we had the TBS Championship match, Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay of the Dark Order. Um, we got to go see... We got to see the baddies, Red Velvet and Kira Hogan, show up as well. Um, Smart Mark Sterling also hobbled his way down to the ring at one point, trying to distract the referee to use a crutch on uh, Anna Jay. And then John Silver, Johnny Hungy, made an appearance, taking out Sterling. And uh, at the end of the day, though, Anna Jay uh, was uh, caught and ended up getting bit beat uh, thanks to uh, Stokely Hathaway making his debut, distracting Anna Jay. And that was the ability to give Jade Cargill to win win with the Avalanche Jaded, getting the pin and retaining the TBS championship. Um, quite honestly, when people were saying uh, Stokely Hathaway, I forgot that that was uh, Malcolm Bivenson's name uh, on on Ring of Honor and all that kind of stuff. I completely forgot. So I was like, Stokely Hathaway, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I'm blanking on who the fuck that is. And then I was like, it's Bivens. That's who the fuck it is. See, I was like, and you so. You know what's so funny for me? It was like, I still called him. I still called him Bivens. I mean, I still <laughs> called him Hathaway. You know, yeah. even he had been Bivens forever, and I was, I was still one of the weirdos calling him. You know, still one of the weirdos calling him Hathaway because that's what I knew him as, and and it's just I, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad he's back. I think he does a lot. For Jade. Oh, I think he does a ton. And, like, I, I, even just from seeing his first appearance with Jade in a backstage uh, interview, he is such a great pairing for Jade. I think it's going to be great. But that was not it. As the baddies were double-teaming Anna Jay, Chris Statlander came down. But then also, the falling goddess Athena. Athena came out, evened up the odds, went face-to-face -face with Jade Cargill and the baddies. Fucking Ember Moon, Athena is here, and I'm so stoked. She was one of the main people for the women's division that I wanted so badly. And seeing her there, and like as the entrance music was playing and shit like that, I was literally like, it's fucking Athena, it's fucking Athena. I was going nuts. I was so happy to see that debut. 
I think that's a huge addition to the women's division. And I really hope that she does well, too. I know some people are concerned that she might get the Ruby Soho treatment, but Ruby's been used very well for the most part. I know she hasn't gotten the big, big wins yet, but give it time. Again, that's people were saying the same thing about Miro. So, like, I, I'm not too concerned. Just because they bring you in doesn't mean they bring you in to be a champion. Exactly. You get cast in a role. I mean, I, 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 it's so weird with wrestling that people don't under, like, understand that. You get cast in a role. You know what I mean? My my favorite, some of my favorite wrestlers growing up, Jake the Snake Roberts, Arn Anderson. You know they were. I mean, Arn Anderson was a tag team champion and a TV champion, but they were never going to win the world title. You know what I mean? They played a good character. They won a lot of. They won a lot of uh, preliminary matches, but you know, and they won some big matches, but for the most part. They weren't going to be in the title championship. And Ruby, love Ruby Soho, and I think she has a title run in her. It's just, it's not, she's not this immediate juggernaut. Right now, it's about getting Jade over. I mean, that's what the whole thing is, is Jade being this next level superstar. Because the higher Jade rises, the higher the whole women's division is going to be. So, of course, they're going to have to bring in some people that are going to make Jade look good. I honestly think Ember is the person that gets the first win over, or I call her Ember, but Athena is the first person that gets the win over Jade. She has my favorite finisher in women's wrestling history. I just think, I forgot what they, what do they call it? I don't even remember what they call it. They didn't call it. The Eclipse. The Eclipse was her name in WWE. Uh, um, They haven't given it a name in AEW. When she did it, Excalibur called it its like traditional name, like the falling stunner off the top ropes or whatever. But it's one of my favorite moves. It's the coolest looking move. I I personally, from when I saw her wrestle, which we'll talk about later, I just saw a different snap, a different energy. I, I've always known she can work. So the big thing is she has brought the work up in AEW to another level. So that's great and that's what you want and it's just i don't know i just i i love her as an addition to the company and i'm just gonna tell you you gotta be patient you know like the bad thing that impact wrestling did once upon a time is they would bring in the wwe guy and immediately belt them up they would just beat everybody and it and it just made the guys in your current roster Look kind of shitty. So what you got to do is take your time, get them acclimated, let them work through the company, and then put the title on. So it might be a while on Tony Storm. It might be a while on Ruby Soho. But I think they'll get their chance eventually. I do as well, and I'm excited for all three of those girls. I think they're going to do great things. We'll move over now to Death Triangle facing off against the House of Black. Shout out to little little small Penta that came out with Death Triangle. So cute, super adorable. Um, the moves, the moves, all the moves in this match. There was so much shit happening in this fucking match. Um, literally, we got to see Brody King do a fucking dive to the outside. It was unreal. The move that I think Jared literally, Jared watching this match, one move flip made him flip out so much that he fucking was going back in his seat so much that he accidentally spilled somebody's beer. Um, was when uh, Penta proceeded to jump off of, I think he jumped off of like 
uh, like uh, Phoenix, I think somebody. And then he proceeded to hit, uh, was it Brody? Yeah. He hit Brody King with a Canadian destroyer on the apron. was fucking stunned by that Matt move. It was unreal. Um, and yeah, the match was crazy. Awesome. And the lights eventually went out after all of this was taking place as Pac was preparing to hit the black arrow. And then as the lights come back on, Julia Hart in the ring, staring at Pac, sprays black mist in his eyes. Malachi Black hits the back heel kick, gets the victory. It happened. Julia Hart is officially in the House of Black, turned on everybody, and she's now with Malachi Black as the House of Black get the victory. We were all waiting for it. Unfortunately, it was hard to see from where I was sitting. I couldn't really see because I looked in the ring and I was like, I don't see anybody. Is anybody in the uh, on the ramp? Where the fuck? Where am I looking at? And then I was like, Oh shit! It's fucking it's it's goddamn uh, Julia. Um, but great finish. We finally got to see the turn. I think it worked out really well. I think Julia is going to do really cool stuff with the House of Black. I think she's going to be a great addition. Um, and that's quickly becoming one of the be- better factions that AEW has. Um, this match was awesome. It was so much cool sh- shit happening. I can't get to it all. Go and watch it if you haven't. Uh, it's it's a blast of a match. I compl- completely agree. Uh, the house always wins. I'm a, I'm down with this because they seem to do win every match that they're in. Uh, Julia Hart, uh, I'll tell anybody this. This is the patience thing that I'm always talking about. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, why won't it happen already? Why won't it happen? Okay. They're building to a spot, and this was the perfect spot. You know, you didn't see, really see it coming. The lights came out. I thought someone else could be debuting, and it ended up being Julia. And it was perfect, and that's how the match should have ended. And it's great. Uh, I, I I know we're probably not going to see it anytime soon, but in my head, the eventual matchup, between uh, Blackpool Combat Club and House Black is going to be my favorite thing ever. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't even know if it's going to happen within the next six months. But when those six men are staring across from each other, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We then had the two matches of the Owen Hart Foundation Finals. We started with the Men's Tournament Finals. Adam Cole versus Ring of Honor World TV champion Samoa Joe. Now, this was the one match that I unfortunately missed the majority of because I went to go get T-shirts um, for me and Sydney, Jared, and one of my friends, Tyler, who was not at the show and was asking for a shirt. Um, so this was the time I got merchandise because I knew like I had to go to during one of the matches that people were looking forward to because otherwise, if I went through the supposed whatever would be called the bathroom break match, the line would be ridiculously long still. Um, so I chose this one. Um, shout out Mike Kyoto though, being the referee for this match. I did see that. Um, but from what I heard, these guys kicked the shit out of each other. I do believe Adam Cole did suffer an injury during this match. Um, I cannot tell you where it happened. But uh, Floyd, if you want to give a quick summary on this match, um, I think Adam Cole winning is super cool. And of course, it'll lead into us talking about the women's finals and how the Owen Hart Foundation winners it makes a lot of fucking sense. Well, big thing on this. Uh, I'm watching this match, and I don't know when he got hurt. I haven't 
have to watch it back to see. But it did felt I I was like towards the end it felt phoned in. And with him getting hurt, completely understandable. It was just like, okay, we gotta get to a finish. So I because I can say I was expecting more out of Cole and Joe. Especially since this was the first time they've ever wrestled. And I was like, I felt like there's another match there somewhere. I don't know when it's going to happen, but there's another match. Adam Cole did win. That was great. But it was like, you know, like if you're using the star ratings, I felt like it was like a three-star match. And it was just like when you have the most decorated ROH champion of all time, you have the most decorated NXT champion of all time in their first match against each other. Yes, I was expecting more. But shout out to Samoa Joe on other news outside the wrestling. He got uh cast in a full metal jacket or full is it what what's the show called? Samoa Joe got a, a video game adaption. He needs gonna be playing a dual character role. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, right? I think it was full metal alchemist. Yeah, it was like this is dope for him. Yeah. He's going to be playing Sweet Tooth in Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal. It's Twisted Metal, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't want, I don't play a lot of video games. I play like three games a year, and they're football yes. and wrestling. So <laughs> uh, I couldn't even tell you about Twisted Metal. But I am excited for Joe to be able to be <gasps> working outside of wrestling. I know he's a big video gamer. He's one to act. So, oh yeah. So congrats on that. I thought that was something that we could bring up, but uh and I hope Adam Cole's healthy. I don't even know what's hurt. Like I know he's hurt, but I didn't even see what they said was hurt. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Um hopefully it's not too long of an injury though cuz I mean like yeah, that's a bit that's a big hit for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean like a lot of big names in AEW are working through stuff right now. Yeah, well, again, best of best of luck to them. We'll go to the women's tournament final now. Dr. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. We had Rich Ward from Fozzie play Dr. Britt Baker's theme to the as she came out. And then Rancid played Ruby Soho, which was awesome. Um, and these two, I think these two did a good job. I think this was a pretty solid match. Um, really good work. Uh, there was a nice video package really talking about how, like, this like white whale is almost like what has happened with a uh, Ruby facing Brit. Like she just can't, she can't beat her and they really beat each other up a lot. Um, great work of teasing the lockjaw submission as Ruby was able to flip out of it multiple times. Um, and then eventually uh, Ruby was trying to get a, a, a roll up, but then Britt Baker countered, got a different pin on her and got the victory. Uh, Ruby Soho, unfortunately loses it but dr Britt baker wins the women's tournament for the own heart foundation the true power couple of Britt baker and adam cole win the own heart foundation tournament we had dr martha hart who came out to give a speech and present not only the the owen cup but also the beautiful championships that were made for for both the men's and women's tournament uh, we now know that Tony Khan was given an extra out, gave an extra hour of the show for Dr. Martha Hart to go as long as she wanted to go on her speech. So there was an added hour, which was what the two added matches were late in the uh, build towards Double or Nothing. That was the reason for that. Um, and it was a great, 
It was a great speech. The crowd was really respectful. It was really nice. And it was a great moment for Britt and, and, uh, and uh, Adam. Uh, this was like Adam Cole's first big, real big, like, like championship sort of related victory that he's had since he's been in AEW. Um, and this was a really cool moment. I think this was really great. Um, and yeah, this match with Britt and uh, Ruby was also really good. Yes. Um, I, Britt and Ruby, I thought Ruby was going to win. I really did. There was probably more information that I could have gathered before that made who the winner was more obvious. But I thought uh, Ruby was going to win. She got played out to the ring by fucking Rancid. And I'm just like, dude, if you're going to have a moment, this has to be the moment. But Britt won. I get it. Britt, again, Britt and Jade are the two biggest stars in the company. No, as far as the women's side. It's not really close. I know Thunder's a champion. I love Thunder. She's my girl. I rock all her stuff. But, you know, she's not on that level. She is, if, you know, they do the rankings where they have S-Class and then A-Class. S-Class is Jade and Britt right now. And Thunder's right on that next level. And you give Britt the moment. You build them to Britt versus Thunder or Britt versus Jade. I don't know what you're going to do, but those are the money matches. Britt has to be in it because she's the one of the biggest stars in the company. Like, I don't even think she's just the biggest women's star. I think she's in that top two or three stars in the company, Britt. So this was the right spot for her. So this was a good, uh, good call, good match. Um, kept Ruby strong because Britt kind of cheated and that's what it needed it. Yeah, I think that that works out really really well. We then had the mixed trios match between Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, Ty Conti facing off against the TNT champion Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and the debuting Paige Van Zant. I believe this was her first match back, uh, her first match in AEW. Um and this was the match I think everyone was kind of like Meh, like, whatever, we'll let this go. I was genuinely surprised at how good this was because with how backwards everything seemed with the way that shit was being put together of, like, who's babyface in this, who are we supposed to cheer for, um, the fans were absolutely against Sammy and Ty, no question about it. And I love Frankie, I'd always cheer for Frankie. But basically what was happening was Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti were being absolute dickheads and frankie was like multiple times to sammy like fucking focus on the match stop being an idiot and sammy was being like ah fuck you and then scorpio ethan page and page van zant were all on the same page and basically at one point it just got to the point where uh frankie kazarian was accidentally hit by sammy guevara and uh he was just like you know what fuck this and like there was a point where Sammy got caught in the middle and like was asking for help from Frankie and he was like, fuck you and left him to die pretty much. And then, oh my God, Ty Conti, when he was getting in, when she was getting in the face of, I believe, uh, Ethan Page, um, proceeds to get accidentally super kicked by Sammy Guevara and it was like right on the money. It was so, so funny. Um, and eventually, uh, Sammy Guevara, after he accidentally hit Ty, gets hit uh, uh, um, with the TKO. Oh, actually, no. He gets he gets knocked out of the ring, and then Ethan Page knocks out Kazarian, and the TKO is hit by Scorpio Sky on Kazarian, and they uh, win the match. And uh, the heels 
I mean, like the American top team guys win the match. And honestly, with how ridiculously kind of just confusing this whole feud has been, the match that they put together out of it really kind of saved it. And it was it was good. I don't think I loved it like like outright, but like it was good considering like I don't think anybody was looking forward to this match like on the card and they genuinely did a good job with it. I got to give them props for that. It was a very entertaining clusterfuck match. And and that's basically what I can say. I was entertained. My wife was next to me was entertained. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you broke it down, you could find a, a lot of holes or whatever. Uh, but it was it was fine. And it was like Paige did what she had to do. Ty did what she had to do. Uh, the dynamic of the match was a little different because you were kind of rooting uh, you were kind of rooting for um, Frankie to win, but you wanted Sammy and Ty to lose, but they all had to lose or they all had to win, so it was kind of weird that way. Yeah, but you know what? They they pulled it off, and I genuinely didn't know how they were going to do so, but regardless, we'll move on to Darby Allen versus Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, this was a nice little match just to get us built up before we got into the two big, the three big final matches, I feel like. Uh, well, I know that actually there was a lot more than that. Um, we had this was basically the one final match before the title matches and Anarchy in the Arena. Um, and this was a good match, honestly, with not a lot going on uh, built up for this match. Uh, these two guys really threw it all at each other. Darby was just continually just throwing himself around with reckless abandon. Like the people around me were just like, he's going to kill himself. Like with the way that he wrestles and we all have known, like Darby said, like I do not plan on wrestling for a very long time. And he is very much showing it with every match that he wrestles in. He always goes like balls to the wall with his offense. And Kyle O'Reilly did really good work too in this match, just continuing to just really put punishment on Darby Allen and uh, eventually, uh, Darby Allen uh, got hit with a diving knee by Kyle O'Reilly. And um, after he uh, choked out Darby Allen with the chain that's around his neck, uh, he hit the diving knee, got the win, and pinned him. And uh, a nice, surprising little upset victory, some might say, as Kyle O'Reilly beats Darby Allen, which Darby's won a ton in AEW, so it's nothing that I'm concerned about. Uh, this was a good match. I did enjoy this match a lot. I this match was probably one of the worst be, uh, best well worked matches of the night with a shocking finish. I literally thought Darby was just going to win and you know it was just going to be hey let's get Darby a win and get back going. Uh they seemed to like Kyle O'Reilly in a singles position. This was a good match. It adds more intrigue going forward. I just thought this was really really well worked. Both guys did a good job. Uh, I'm looking forward to where it goes from here. I as well. We then move on to the AEW Women's World Championship match between Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. I love these two together, working together. They do such great work. Like These two were absolutely great in the ring. They just really did some absolutely great wrestling work. Um and yeah, Thunder Rosa getting the definitive win on this match was the right decision, I feel like. Um, yeah, I got nothing but good things to say about Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. Like, they are two of my favorite women's wrestlers on the roster. 
Um, and they, these two, when put together, always put on a great match. I know we weren't necessarily a massive fil- fan of the build for this match. Regardless of the fact, they still did a really good job on this. I enjoyed this match uh, very much so. I mean, argument, very simple argument to be made that uh, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb are the two best in-ring workers in the company as far as uh, women's wrestling, maybe, period. And they went out there and they put on a classic, amazing wrestling match and, you know, kept it going. And I just thought this was a really good match. It's like my, I will use it as an example, my wife who likes wrestling and she'll watch it with me, but she was like, oh, this is a really good match. Someone that doesn't break down the minutia of wrestling could understand that what these women were doing was especially good compared to whatever else she's seen. So I thought that was that was a big moment and a big way to commend both of these women is that they went out there and performed their asses off. Yeah, absolutely. And we now will move over to Anarchy in the Arena. Brian Danielson, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, Santana and Ortiz facing off against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Chris Jericho, Angela Parker, Matt Menard, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager. Um, the All the baby faces came out in the crowd. Like I said, Brian Danielson was right the fuck next to us. It was unreal. Um, the, the Jericho Appreciation Society, as everyone's coming down from the ramps, from the fans, they jump out of the ring and then shit just goes off. Um, and basically they're brawling all over the place. Um, I think at one point, uh, Matt Menard was already busted open. Uh, Wild Thing was playing continuously for a while uh, throughout the arena. And according to – I can't remember what the source was that I saw, but uh, Chris Jericho was apparently uh, said uh, that was in tribute to uh, New Jack and how like in his fight sometimes his music would just keep playing uh, back in ECW. Um, which I never knew that was a thing. Shout out to that, because I was like, wow, they're literally just playing Wild Thing this whole time. Eventually, though, Jericho smashed the soundboard, shut the music off, and the crowd literally chanted, we want music, which was really great. Shit was just all fucking over the place. Angelo got thrown into a camera face first. Um, Like, literally... Matt Menard had, was fighting Eddie Kingston into the into the merch stand and with fucking ketchup and mustard and throwing food at each other, throwing each other against the walls and stuff like that. Fucking Kingston's bleeding repeat like all over the place. Daniel Garcia tried to take a belt and drag Kingston from his neck across the floor. Um, the ring ropes were completely unhooked. Uh, they were Moxley was whipping Chris Jericho with the turnbuckle and then fish hooked him with it. Uh, Santana Ortiz got on a ladder up uh, into the crowd and had two t- tables set up for Parker Menard. They jump on him through tables. Jericho has a fire extinguisher. Eventually, though, Moxley and Danielson have Hager and Jager in the ring, and Danielson proceeds to use those elbows to just beat up on Jericho. And eventually, though, Eddie Kingston appears coming down the ramp. Covered in blood, his shirt is ripped into pieces, and he's got a can of gasoline, and he's preparing to light Chris Jericho on fire the same way he was lit on fire by the wizard Chris Jericho. And he's dumping gas on Jericho and Danielson, pulls a match out until 
Danielson's like, bro, what the fuck? And then Dan, and then Kingston just kind of turns his head and then just starts going after Danielson. As they're trying to break it up, though, Jake Hager proceeds to just throw John Moxley onto a table covered with barbed wire. It doesn't even break. Danielson then proceeds to get uh, knocked out with the baseball bat, and then uh, they put him in a leg lock while Hager's choking him out with the rope. Danielson doesn't tap out. He goes unconscious. That's it. That is Anarchy in the Arena 1 by the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm going to have to watch that match over again just to be able to see all the angles of everything because it was so just insanity. I couldn't believe all the shit that was happening. And I was a huge win, of course, for the Jericho Appreciation Society. And we'll talk about what's supposed to be happening post this. Um, But this match was just unreal. Uh, I have to say it. This wasn't a match. This was an experience. I have yes. to say it because the, with the music and everything going on, there's no way you could keep up with everything. You literally would have to go home and watch it. I have not watched it again. I, I honestly can say I've probably seen about 40% of the match, you know, because <laughs> it, everything was happening and you're just trying to keep up and I'm turning my head and I'm standing up and this is like, uh, this is like the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, the match is over. And I was like, that's a five-star match. And I didn't even see half of it. You know, this is a perfect wrestling match. They put on this amazing experience. And that's the best way I could explain it. Is, is It was an experience. And yeah, uh, I was in awe of this thing. It's probably... it. Like people like comparing it to Stadium State Paint, I can't compare it. It's just a too different of a thing to compare. You know what I mean? They were they were different, and it was fun, and yeah, I it just I don't know. It was just such a good time that I don't even know other way to describe it. It was just fun. It was craziness. It was unreal. Yeah, it was just yeah. a blast to be in the building for such insanity. Yeah. We then, though, had a backstage little segment with Andrade Alito and uh, Jose the Assistant. They were in a suite. Andrade talked about how much he hated the AFO because he said he didn't come to AEW to lose. He got somebody knocking on the door. Andrade uh, has Jose open the door. And fucking Roosh comes in. Ring of Honor's own Roosh comes in and is now the new business partner for Andrade El Idolo. And I was I was very much like I knew I like I was shocked because I knew it was Roosh. I fucking forgot his name. And I was like kicking myself. I'm like, I saw this dude wrestle in fucking Michigan at the Ring of Honor New Japan World's Collide show. I was like, who the f- what the fuck is his name? I was losing my mind on it, but I was so happy to see Roosh. Uh, I was thinking, I think it's a really good pairing for Andrade. Um, I think this will help him kind of phase out of the AFO because I think it's going to make Andrade seem a lot more uh, dangerous that he has somebody like Roosh on, on his payroll, basically. Um, yeah, I think this is a good addition for Andrade as well, and I think it's a good thing to see Roosh here as well. They got me because I saw all the white, and I knew it was Naito. I knew oh, you thought it was Naito because Naito and uh, Naito and Andrade are 
Los Inglenables. That is very true. Naito went to Mexico and he became part. Lij came from Andrade and they were in it together in New Japan. And I saw the white suit and I was like, "Oh, it's Naito," and it was Roosh. Don't get me wrong, I I love it. I love it. I, Roosh is interesting because I love him up until the ring bell starts, and I just I think he's okay as a wrestler. But his presentation, the way he t- slowly takes off the suit, you know, everything about him. He looks like a million bucks, right? And it's just like, I love that about him. So it's just like, I'm really looking forward to how they present him. I think Andrade is truly in the right spot for how they're going to present him. Only thing I'm asking is, where's the TV time, yo? Right. I mean, the AEW is so loaded right now. That's the only question I have. How yeah. are they going to get all these people on TV? Who who's going to wrestle who? I, I mean, mean, at this point right now, I mean, you're going to get you're going to be able to get TV time just because of the amount of people I mean, that are hurt. That is true, but it looks like it's like you got the dream team plus the dream team. You got the dream team and you got the dream team. It's right. like it's like this is like if you had you know like the 2015 uh, Cavaliers and then you had Golden State at their heyday. And you had the Bulls. You're like, God dang. Who are we putting in the primetime slot right now? It's just, right. it's so loaded. It's just like, when you talk about, it's like, this is fire pro wrestling? Absolutely. Like, you see this roster. If you actually look at AEW's roster, and you like look at it four years ago and say, this is going to be your wrestling roster, you're like, you're full of shit. There's no way you can have all this talent on this roster. There's a lot of talent on this roster. Yes. It's like I, you know, FTR is my boys, but it's just like there's so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you got FTR, you got the Young Bucks, you got Lucha Bros, you got Red Dragon. This is just the tag team division. Swerve, Swerve and Lee is looking good together. Now, if you want to do Roosh and uh, Roosh and Andrade, that's a thing. You got Daniel Bryan and uh, Moxley. It's like you need the triple. You need you're gonna need the trails match just so you have somewhere to put everybody. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's just like the greatest feeling ever. I know we got a lot of injury. You know, there's a few injuries out there, a few people banging the bus, but the it's a roster so deep. Yeah, that there's gonna really be able to be there's able not to really in. a feeling of like mm-hmm. oh my god they're screwed. Yeah, it's like you can feel someone in. It's like man. Fucking Hangman hits a buckshot on Mox and he's the champion again. And you're like, he's the interim champion until CM Punk's back. No one has a problem with that. Mox wins the title tomorrow and he's the champion until CM Punk gets there. No one has a problem with that. The, it's, the roster is so loaded. Yeah, literally there's no there's no real concern about like losing a spot or like losing something like that because – like you've got somebody to swap in basically anytime you need it because you've got like it's it's so deep like the, the roster. So we'll move now over to the AEW World Tag Team Title match. The champions Jurassic Express with Christian Cage facing off against Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, the FTW champion Ricky Starks and Keith Lee and Shane Strickland. This was a hell of a match as well. I think Keith Lee and Shane really established themselves of being a really good tag team. Like I know a lot of us are like. Keith Lee could be like literally your main champion if you wanted him to be, and I think that he is in the position where he could do that as well. But I would Shane love and Keith to win that battle royal in WrestleMania. I would love it too. That would be a fucking kick ass match. Yeah, Keith Lee and Shane though together they fucking kick ass as well. As, as, like literally, 
the point where like I can't remember a spot happened on the outside though, and uh, Keith Lee literally looks in the crowd and sings, "Oh my god!" I was laughing so hard when he did that, yeah. and then Shane fucking like moon salts off of Keith Lee's chest, so fucking cool. Um, and Ricky Starks and, and Powerhouse Hobbs did great work. Everybody in this match was outstanding, such great work. The titles were retained by Jungle Boy and and uh, Jurassic and and Luchasaurus. Totally fine with that. Literally anybody in this match could have won, and I would have been happy with it. But this this was probably one of my favorite matches on the card. These guys did unreal levels of work in this tag match. Then this three in this three team tag match, uh, such great work. Um, and I like the, the, it's so exciting. The tag team title uh, picture. It's so exciting. Cause I like, there's so many great teams and anybody could win them and I wouldn't care. It's like, it's just such great work and everybody is doing such great work. Like match was awesome. Absolutely. I felt like, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve were just together for a while. And I, you know, I am in my old man purity. I, I hate, just throwing together tag teams, they felt like a tag team. They felt like they're going to be presented going forward as a tag team, as a real established tag team. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs, amazing. I, I Everything in me said uh, Jurassic Express was going to win this match, and they did, but by the end of the match, I did not care who won. I thought whoever won the match was going to carry the tag team division going forward with respect. Yeah. I feel like keeping it on Jurassic Express is a fine thing, but again, like anybody who would have won this match would have like held the titles with such respect. I think it would have been it would have been great. But we now move into the main event, the AW World Championship match between Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk. Yes, we'll get out of the way. Punk can't really do the buckshot lariat. We are very much aware that he can't do it. And he even said Please remind me never to do that again because yes. I can't do that move. He was able to do it on Dynamite, I will say. No, no, but, no. Every time he's done it, it's looked terrible. Like, well, it didn't look. He did it though. I will say. I mean, yeah, he did look, do it. Didn't it look good. It, you know, it, was, it didn't look good, no, but he yeah, did it. No, but it was just kind of like he flips, he falls, he jumps up and clotheslines him. I'm like, that's eh, not really the buckshot lariat, but hey. You at least ended it with the clothesline. Don't get me wrong, but no, uh, exactly, it, it actually became a very unintentionally funny part of that match. Because literally, you could see the frustration in his face because he's like, "Dude, five years ago, I could do this with no problem." But probably, you know, yeah. I'm a little older now, so it's like, okay, I'm gonna quit doing this. And I, I and you know what? It was funny because I'm very big on, hey, own it. You know, <laughs> and he owned it. He's like, yeah, yeah. I can't do that move. <laughs> yeah, but the the energy for this match was unreal. Like, it was so split. People were wanted, were cheering for Hangman. People were cheering for Punk. Um, there was, like, such great work of these guys just really laying it in on each other. Um, Punk got hit with a very big pop-up powerbomb onto the apron, and um, then Hangman literally hits the flying lariat and, like – Geez, like there was such great work on this match. Um, really, really good stuff. Like a sharpshooter at one point was attempted by uh, Punk, really getting in that uh, Bret Hart love. And uh, eventually, though, the match keeps going back and back and back. And then it, uh, as Punk proceeds to get uh, Hangman up for the GTS, the ref gets knocked out. And then uh, immediately, though, 
Punk is uh, down, and then Hangman proceeds to grab the AEW World Title Belt. Um, but at one point, he screamed, "This is mine! You will never have this!" And then he's thinking about using the title belt and hitting Punk. He thinks about it, doesn't do it, tries for the buckshot lariat, gets picked up into the GTS, gets hit with it, and Punk wins the AEW World Championship. And after the show was off the air, we had FTR come out and celebrate with CM Punk, which really helped for Floyd since those boys weren't on the show. It was great seeing them. Um, Again, still bittersweet since we know what we know now, but being in that arena when Punk won the title was amazing. I have the T-shirt coming on on their way, and I even ran to see if there was an arena-exclusive one. wasn't the case, and Floyd was like, do they hate money? Like, why do they do this? Because uh, there's um, a difference between having the Punk shirt that says world champion and a Punk center champion that says world champion and I was there. Exactly. There, there is a difference. and it's There just is a like, very big difference. And it's just like, I guess, I mean, I was trying to overthink it and I was like, well, I guess, you know, that is kind of spoiling who's going to win the title, title before if you have a bunch of those shirts in and, you know, you know, getting the getting the ring crew or all the people to be quiet. It's probably a little difficult. So they probably, cause it seems like about four shows ago, they just quit doing it. So I get right. it. I, maybe that's why I don't know. There might be just more logistics issue to it, but uh, yeah, that's, it, it's a lot of money passed up on. Cause like, you, you're going to sell 5,000 shirts at least on the way out the door. If you have that shirt, you know what I mean? Yes. So uh, it, it was a great match as in the energy and how it was built and, was Hangman going to hit him with the belt or not? And, you know, as a person at, that was at the first All Out, and the, how the match ended was Hangman went for the buck shot Larry too many times, and Jericho turned it into... Uh, Punk, not Jericho. Uh, no, uh, I'm talking about Jericho. I'm talking about oh. the first All Out. Yeah. So Jericho turned it into uh, the code... Uh, not the code breaker, the elbow, the Judas effect. So Hangman went for the uh, Buckshot Lariat at the first All Out, and Jericho turned into uh, a Judas Effect, and I'm bringing it full circle to Double or Nothing, where he was going for the Buckshot Lariat, again, one too many times, and what does Punk turn it into? The GTS. So I feel like this is going to be a story. I was bringing them together, that this might be a story going forward, that you know when Hangman loses big matches... It's because he goes for the buckshot Larry a few too many times. Yeah, you know, it makes that 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 does make sense. But um But yes Hangman yeah, he moment. had an outstanding reign though. He did. Probably one of the best match for match title reigns in AEW history, especially stuff with Adam Cole, uh I mean uh Brian Danielson. He really did. Him and Mox to me, they did a really good job with the title. So I have no problem with Hangman. But my ultimate moment of the night is after the show i got to see my boy i got to see my boy and i talked to my wife about uh halfway through the show cm punk hangman weren't even in the ring yet and then and i know my wife was like uh you know she was there she didn't really care uh we had the chairs and i was like baby hey if uh, punk wins this match this chair's going home with austin and she's like i was like it's just gonna mean the world to him and she was like okay because she's the greatest wife ever. And yeah, so the match was over, and I was like, I handed him the chair, and it was just like, 
Yeah, it was the exact reaction that we wanted. <laughs> I was so I was so grateful, and I was like, literally, like you guys, like, are you sure? I I could not thank you guys enough for it. It's literally one of the coolest things I have. It's at my house right now. Um, I I love it so much. It is like so freaking cool. A uh, bit of a hassle getting it through uh, oh, uh, airport it, it and getting is. through the airport with it. Uh, and I got many looks uh, with the chair. Uh, but yeah, it, we worked it out. We were able to get it through with no damages or anything like that. Um, I love it so much. Again, thank you. I've never, as my nearly over 10 years of being a wrestling fan, I've never been able to get a commemorative chair for any event that I've been, been to. Um, even when I was there for All Out on the floor 2019, uh, they didn't have commemorative chairs. Uh, that would have been the one time where I probably would have gotten one, but I, they, didn't, they didn't have them. Uh, so I was, I was so happy uh, being able to have that chair from you guys again. Thank you so so much for be, for gifting that to me. It means the world to me. I love that thing so much. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I just like I was sitting there because I'd had a few offers. You know, I'd had a few offers. And I'm like, uh, just a few people like, you know, if you want to buy it, blah blah blah. And I was like, and I was like, you know. I'll I'll sell it. I mean, I know my wife doesn't want hers, and I was just sitting there for a minute, and I'm like, if Punk wins, Austin's going to want this chair, you know? And it's just like, I'm like, money is money, but, you know, you, you're like, I, I want you to have this chair. So then that happened. That was just, it was just this common communication between me and my wife, and that look, and she knew how much I wanted you to have it, and it was just like, ah. Again, greatest wife in the world. I, I'll tell anybody. I, I like. I'll, I'll put my wife up against anybody because she supports me, no matter what. In any stupid decision that I want to make, uh, she supports me because, literally, on the way to give you the chair, we got offers for the chair. Oh yeah, no, and like yeah. I, even after you gave me the chair, um, like the one person came up to me and asked me an offer. Like was was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks right now, and I'm like, I'm telling you right now, I'm not giving you this chair. No, it's like no, it's just like some things just mean more, and it's like I, I mean, if they announce a signing, if they announce Punk doing a signing at All Out Weekend or something like that, I'm trugging that chair where I am, and I'm having. I probably will as well. I probably would as well. Yeah, I'm trugging that chair. As annoying as it will be, and I'm going to try to have Punk sign it because it's just that once in a lifetime, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just like for me, just going a little further, we've talked about this before on the show. You know, I went to WrestleMania 30. I made my plans to go to WrestleMania 30 to see Punk and, you know, in my head, you know, hopefully win the world title. And I didn't get it. Because, you know, he went through everything he went through with the WWE and I was a little mad at him for a while and I got over it. And it's just like I got my moment for me. This was it. This was WrestleMania 30 that I wanted, but I got it, you know, shit, what, eight years later uh, in Chicago at, at the United Center. Well, no, no, this wasn't Chicago, was it? Uh, Las Vegas nah. at the T-Mobile Arena. I'm just, I was thinking about the United Center when he showed up. Las right. Vegas, T-Mobile Arena, and I got to see him become a world champion, which is, it's funny because I got to see him become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion in a building, and now I've got to see him become the AEW Champion, and it's just, it, it, that ended, that was it for me, you know, for me, and it was like, yeah, the share's going home with me. Yes, I can make more money, but no, this chair is going home with me because this is what, you know, 
this is what I've been waiting like eight years for. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say the seven years he was gone. It was like, well, it was the eight years that I actually had to wait to get this moment. And it was a great moment. Yeah. No, it was an outstanding moment. I loved it. Uh, but that was Double or Nothing, a really, really, really great show. I know some people said it was on the level of AW All Out 2021. I don't know if that's the case. I still think that one might be slightly better. Um, but this show was a ton of fun. I loved it. Um, and even though I got sick at the show, I don't care. That show was outstanding. I loved it so much. Yeah, uh, that that's that's the you know the negative of this is that we did get sick and. I was like, fuck, I was like feeling really bad for everybody. I was like, good lord. Uh, but honestly, you know, the, I've read it. COVID's a part of our life now. It's just, it's not, this is not going away. And unfortunately, so I will tell people all the time, I will keep saying it and it will keep being at the end of the show. Stay vigilant. Stay cleaning your hands. Wear a mask if you're, uh, Wear a mask if you're um, immunocompromised. Immunocompromised. Wear a mask if you're not immunocompromised. If you can just, if you're just going to be around a bunch of people standing, it's not a big deal to have a mask on. And it's like, well, you get up to the wrestler, take your mask off for the picture and all that stuff, and then put your mask back on. And after you shake your hands and hug people, sanitize. Just the same thing you were doing, you know, that you've been doing. Just keep doing it. I mean, it's annoying, but you know. Like, dude, that's a week of our lives that, you know, necessarily, I won't say we lost, but put our life pretty much on hold because, you know, we were just being sick. So it's just like, if you can avoid it by just taking those few steps, why not? It's like, it's not admitting failure or anything. It's just taking care of yourself. Yeah. Just take care of yourself. That's all I want everyone to do. Please do that. Yes. Yes, Just take care of yourself because, you know, you might not get sick, but you could get someone else sick. So you could. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was thought we were done talking about COVID. I really did. And I was I, I kind of put COVID behind me. But this was a stark reminder that COVID's not behind us. It's still very much there. It's yeah. Just, we don't talk about it as much, but it's still there. Yeah. But we'll quickly move over now to AEW Dynamite from this week. Of course, we opened with the trios match between the AEW World Champions CM Punk and the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions FTR facing the claims Max Caster and the Gun Club. Uh, this was the match where Punk suffered the foot, uh, the broken foot injury. Um, because of that, uh, it kind of it did kind of hurt the match because Punk wasn't able to really be as clean with his moves as um, you would think. We can't really pinpoint where he got hurt, whether it was when he springboarded in for the hot tag or if it was something else that took place. Um, regardless, though, it was very clear that. Uh, he was very hurt, and he was he was very much being like, yeah, I fucked up, and I apologize, and, like, we didn't know he broke his foot, so you know what? Like, can't really get on him for that. Um, the babyface has got the victory. FTR and the... I will say FTR and the Gun Club, I want to see, like, a, a just a straight-up tag match with them because they did some really good work together, I feel like, and having Billy Gunn on the outside, I still love, is a great uh, element. Um, regardless... Um, he, uh, like I said, Punk and FTR win the match. That's when he called out uh, the Forbidden Door, and that's when Tanahashi came out and looked up at the ramp. Now, we know that we're not getting that at uh, Forbidden Door, but Tanahashi has said that he is open to facing CM Punk at Wrestle Kingdom 17, which, even though I can't be in, in attendance for that match, 
oh my god, seeing CM Punk in a New Japan ring would be fucking ridiculously cool. And facing Tanahashi. So if we if we're still able to get Tanahashi and Punk in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm okay with that. I genuinely am. There was a little uh, funny moment after in the promo. Uh, I didn't. I know. I don't call Dax out, out. You know at all because I fucking love Dax. But he messed up and said Finley's name. Oh yeah. Because it was about the United Empire attacking them, which was Jeff Cobb and Great O'Karn. But he accidentally said, Finley, you just disrespected our reign. And it was like, and you saw they kind of just broke off and ignored it. And right. it was beautiful. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be fair if I didn't, you know, call my boy out. It was hilarious. It was yeah, funny. it was quite funny. Because he just clearly said the wrong name. And you could see him kind of hit his head like, oh, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> and it was like, that. it was just funny. And it's like, yeah. no, uh, no, it's all about, uh. It's all about what they're building for there. Uh, this whole whole thing. It's just like, it was funny because Punk, Dax, and Cash were just so happy being around each other. It was just this moment, it, that moment in time of wrestling. It was just like they were just really just happy to be there. And, I, I, you know, for me, of course, you know, two of my three favorite wrestlers. And, you know, Punk's kind of, you know. Getting, getting where he's supposed to be. And, you know, that's like, okay, that was just a really cool moment. And I, and I don't know if Punk knew he was hurt then. It didn't seem like it, but. Yeah. And then I can say he kind of called out uh, Tanahashi in an anticlimactic way. And, you know, he was caught up in the moment. I get it. But now it's going to be bigger going forward, so. Right, exactly. Um, we then had Johnny Elite having an open match uh, against an uh, unnamed opponent, and it turned out to be the Redeemer himself, Miro, coming back to AEW. Brother, we missed you so, so much. Uh, Johnny Elite uh, was able to avoid a little bit of uh, offense from Miro for a small period of time um, and then proceeded to just get the shit kicked out of him by Miro. Game over is not locked on him. And uh, Johnny Elite taps out. Miro's back, so Scorpio, you got to watch the fuck out because if you don't think that man's coming back for that thing, the TNT title is coming. It's got uh, Miro's name written all over, and he wants it back. I bet. Um, but I'm so glad that Miro's back. I'm so glad, especially with the people that got hurt. Having Miro back is a necessary, like so necessarily. Uh, person that we need on the roster like now like thank god I, i'm so happy that he's back completely agree uh amiro other than cody was my favorite tnt champion uh i just thought he just brought this gravitas this amount of energy this love and dominance to the belt that when sammy won it meant something it really did and going forward, I thought it was going to always mean something. And they've kind of had some, uh, I wouldn't call them missteps, but the belt hasn't been as strong since it got on Miro. So let's, yeah. get, let's get back to Miro. Yeah, let's, let's please do that. We then had the Jericho Appreciation Society come out to celebrate their victory, talking about uh, how uh, they dominated anarchy in the arena. And Angelo Parker goes, AEW Galaxy, appreciate us. 
that's really funny. Like doing your own acknowledge me. That's really funny. Yes. Um, also, let's shout out Matt Menard too, because on social, like you can see an outstanding promo from a bloodied Matt Menard. Like look that up if you can. Um, they did absolutely great. Jericho runs through Anarchy in the Arena and all the things that they've won, um, including uh, 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 what fucking what the what the hell. Uh, the the other one the one that the other ridiculous gimmick match that happens in the arena like uh, stadium stampede stadium stampede Jesus <laughs> um, they won that and then they talk about though winning this match was not without a price though that psycho Eddie Kingston came down to the ring with a gas can and poured gas on me and he wants to light me on fire what kind of man burns another man and then you had Brian Danielson who was gonna kick my head in and then we choked him out he's not here tonight. Um, and we know he did get hurt too, but apparently he's only supposed to be out for like a couple weeks, so he should be back pretty quickly. Um, Eddie Kingston and William Regal then come out and walk on the ramp. Kingston screaming, "I want to fight all of you right now!" And he's like, "You know what, Mr. Regal? Let him know where I want to fight them." And I'm like, "Say it, you beautiful son of a bitch!" And he says it, blood and guts. And Jericho is like, "You guys ain't getting blood and guts." And then Santana and Ortiz jump behind the Jericho Appreciation Society and proceed to hit the mad ball loaded sock onto Jericho. And then Ortiz takes some scissors and clips off Jericho's hair. And he says, you cut my hair. My hair is worth more than your entire existence. He's like, you want blood and guts? You can get it. But I'm going to shave your stupid head bald. Jericho versus Ortiz, hair versus hair. And he's going to shave and burn you. And that's because he's a wizard. Um, and we now got confirmation that Blood and Guts is coming to fucking Detroit. Let's go. I'm so hyped for that. I'm so excited to be able to be in the ring, in the arena for a Blood and Guts match. Holy shit. And we're on the floor for that. Like, this is going to be ridiculous. Someone's going to bleed. It's going to be a good time. I'm hoping Will or Yuta's back for it. Uh, it's going to be, a, it's going to be. A fucking, like, just crazy. Play the music the whole time, damn it. Yeah, at this point, now you gotta do it. We, You didn't give us the music the whole time last time. Please give it for us for this. Uh, we then had a uh, backstage uh, video, uh, video of Samoa Joe where he got attacked by Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satnam Singh. Um, and um, we're gonna continue that feud. We'll see where that goes. And then we had uh, the Tag Team Champions, Jurassic Express, uh, with Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, and Darby Allen facing off against Hikaleu, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Now, of course, Adam Cole was supposed to be in this match, as was Jeff Hardy, but they were both pulled because of injury. Adam Cole was on commentary for this match, however. Um, and this was another big, like, multi-man, like, AEW crazy insanity match. I love that we actually got to see a little bit more from Hikaleu because I know the last time we saw him, we didn't really see as much as I would have liked. But regardless, though, it was a really good match, I feel like, for Dynamite. All a bunch of stuff going on all over the place. And um, eventually, though, uh, the uh, Young Bucks hit the BTE trigger after uh, – no, they they hit the, the Meltzer driver after the Red Dragon hit the high-low. And Jungle Boy gets pinned by Matt Jackson. And – once again, there is concern about uh, Christian Cage as like the Jungle Boy was distraught and Christian Cage proceeds to push Matt Hardy out of the way as he's confronting uh, Jungle Boy. And Christian's still teasing a possible heel turn. <coughs> yeah, I was uh, 
I don't know. I don't know where they're going. He's it's you know a hill turns coming, but I feel like it might take a little bit longer than everyone expects it to. It's it's gonna take Jurassic Express actually losing, and and then Christian's gonna turn on him. Yeah, that's for sure. We then had a uh, interview with Tony Schiavone with Athena. And that talked about how she was all elite, and she said the reason why she was here is the competition, and one person in particular is the TBS champion, Jade Cargill. Jade was like, all streaks are made to be broken. Uh, You can say this or that, Jade, but she's the fallen goddess. Stokely Hathaway and Jade Cargill come out interrupting. No challenge. Red Velvet and Kira Hogan tried to intimidate Chris Statlander and Anna Jay, even up the odds. They're going back and forth. Uh, This is a good segment. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, and also, of course, we're going to talk about this uh, after this because OAEW, um, we have to talk about because it's not on the a- it's it's not on the AEW results page. Uh, we got to talk about MJF. So uh, the uh, the promo, the promo, yeah, that yeah. Uh, AEW AEW doesn't want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was oh homage to the beautiful pipe bomb. Oh, was it ever? That was such it an like, homage. Like like the format, the everything was just. It was like oh CM Punk, I was your biggest fan. Kind of. <laughs> oh no, literally, I saw somebody who did a stand compilation where they literally cut scenes from the pipe bomb in Vegas with scenes from MJF's promo in Los Angeles, like. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. MJF going all out, just tearing apart AEW and saying he doesn't want to be there anymore, calling out the fans, calling him who called him an unprofessional piece of shit, even though they were cheering for him right now, um, and calling out Tony Khan, calling out the boys in the back, literally screaming about how he won't open his pockets and pay the man who's been busting his ass since day one, just calling himself the best in the world said um, he'll just hoard that money so he can pay all the ex-WWE guys he's going to sign that can't lace his goddamn boots. He's like, would you have treated me different if I was an ex-WWE guy? All these things. And then eventually he's like, Tony Khan, I want you to fire me. He then gets counted down uh, by uh, one of the producers, I guess, and he goes off on them, says, I want you to fire me, you fucking Mark, fire me, fire me. And then the mic gets cut off. We fade to black and go to commercial. It was perfectly done. And then AEW didn't mention it at all for the rest of the show. The commentators didn't mention it. We got no mention of it from anywhere else. Um, and we're even getting reports right now that Discovery and, and uh, Turner want, uh, is, wants no promotion of MJF right now. Like, they took him out of the Rampage intro. They took him out. He's not there. So this is intriguing as to where exactly we're going with this. But, uh, yeah, Max Max had his pipe bomb moment. It was great. It was awesome. Um, and, yeah, it was just – it was a huge, huge moment for – people can't stop talking about it. Yeah, it was uh, – it was a gr- great promo. It didn't hit me like it hit a lot of other people just because it was in the middle of the ring – that actually took away from it a little bit to me. CM Punk's felt more organic, felt more off the cuff. Um, 
it just felt more like I'm taking over the show. But uh, Max did a great promo, and it's setting up for something in the future. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it's setting up for, which now the hiccups are really annoying. Uh, I don't know what it's setting up for. Because <laughs> you might know this. I have a clear train of thought, but the hiccups are throwing them off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's going to. But I feel like in the end that uh, it's heading towards MJF being champion eventually. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see what comes of this because I know some people were saying how they wanted MJF to win the Battle Royal for the opportunity to face Moxley. So we'll see. We'll see what people are thinking we're going to get. But uh, MJF definitely made people turn their heads a lot with that. And uh, to the point where Punk walked out when the show was off the air for the commercial break and was walking out towards MJF after what he said. So that was also a nice touch, I will say. Um, Wardlow faced off against J.D. Drake, pretty much beat the shit out of him. And then Smart Mark Sterling had a security team with him, basically sending legal documents on behalf of of the security guards that he's been assaulting and he was suing him Wardlow ripped up the papers and powerbombed one of the security guards. So good job there, Mark. It didn't really, really do a ton. Um, and then we had Dr. Britt Baker with Jamie Hayter facing off against Ruby Soho and Tony storm. Um, I was enjoying this match a lot as well. We got a nice, this is awesome champ for this women's match, which was really cool. Tony and Ruby worked well together. Um, and, uh, afterwards, uh, Britt Baker, uh, was, uh, hit with destination unknown and pinned by Ruby Soho. Uh, so a nice little response, uh, after losing the match at double or nothing, but then Jamie Hayter proceeded to attack Tony Storm and Ruby Storm, Ruby Soho with the trophy belt from the Owen Hart tournament. Um, so even though they got the win, they got beat up after the match. But this was a really good women's match, honestly. They, they, these two teams did really well together, um, and I love everybody in the ring in this match. Um, and this was a nice little prelim to the main event. It was. And, you know, Ruby needed a pin. You know, he, She needed a win. She did, so that's good. Absolutely. So main event of Dynamite was John Moxley of the Backpool Combat Club facing off against Daniel Garcia. These two really beat each other up a ton. Um, Garcia and, and, uh, Moxley were really beating each other up with headbutts and gouging out each other's eyes and all these types of things with elbows and shots to the turnbuckle. Eventually though, uh, Garcia, he got a sharpshooter and then Moxley was able to get out of it and, uh, tackled him over the timekeeper's timekeeper's table. Um, and that's when Eddie Kingston came down. Uh, and was beating up Chris Jericho uh, when he tried to get down to the ring from commentary. And then Moxley proceeded to hit the paradigm shift, pinned Eddie Garcia, uh, uh, Daniel Garcia. And that was when uh, Moxley was like, yeah, sign me up for Blood and Guts. So Eddie Kingston, Jericho, and, <laughs> and uh, Jericho Appreciation Society and, uh, Mo- and Kingston are signed up for Blood and Guts, it seems like. It's so uh, funny for me because I love – Love the statement that, uh, Eddie, I love you, but you make it hard. He does. Yeah, he's like, he's literally going to set Brian Danielson on fire. It's like, yeah, that's not something you can do. You can't really do that, no. <laughs> you know, you're like, you can't set, set your teammate on fire. You can set Jericho on fire, fine, but, you know, 
Yeah. You, you, but was that was guy. eight. Yeah, that, that was he eight. He hasn't agreed to it. Yeah, Ryan Daniels. Yeah, no, he did not agree to it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know if he does agree to it. I don't know if I agree to it. If it's like somebody, hey, you, you tried to set me on fire. That's kind of hard to forget. It is a bit hard, yeah. But we'll now move over really quickly to AEW Rampage. We opened up with the Young Bucks facing off against the Lucha Bros. These guys cannot have a bad match. They absolutely did unreal levels of work as the uh, Jurassic Express and the Hardys were watching from the front row this match. Um, again, there's nothing else we can say about Ray Phoenix, Penta, Matt, and Nick. They literally do such great work. Eventually... Uh, Matt Jackson ripped Penta's mask off like a like a complete dickhead. That's when they super kicked him in the face. Ray Phoenix was hit with a BTE trigger. That was the win that they needed. And then Nick Jackson jumps into the LA crowd and celebrates with his family. A uh, really cool moment there. Again, like these two teams, they're just unreal levels of good, and they can't have a bad match, and they're always quality. Um, I can't tell you if it's better than like any of the other matches that they had. It's definitely like nothing's going to surpass that that hell in a, that hell in a cell match or the steel cage match. Uh, it's just fucking unreal. It was crazy. I love that. I love these guys. Five star match easily. Maybe the best match in Rampage history. Uh, it was it was everything. It was like you're watching it and it's just like. These guys work together so well. They're built to work together. And you just got this on a rampage in Ontario, California. Perfect place for it to be. Crowd's completely into it. Hats off to both of the teams. Absolutely, yeah. We then had Team Taz's absolute Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs literally just squash their unnamed opponents basically immediately which moved over into Athena having her AEW in-ring debut against Kira Hogan of the Batty Squad. And uh, this was a great match, honestly. Athena, like like Floyd said earlier in the show, was moving with such purpose and like just a swagger with her that we hadn't seen in a very long time. She did some really great work. Uh, the Baddies did some good stuff uh, giving help for Kira Hogan. But basically, she was able to uh, hit, I think they call it the swan diving cutter is what it says on here, um, which is what used the which what they call the Eclipse. Pinned Kira Hogan, great debut for Athena. I really am excited. Hopefully, we'll get a match for her on Dynamite because I think she can do great stuff as well. And yeah, we'll see if that puts her in the picture to either be TBS champion or AEW women's champion because I think Athena is one of those girls that is absolutely like, She's top tier, I swear. Oh God, she was. I mean, and the move looked good. Kier Hogan took it good, uh, and it was like I think this is their first time like working together. And I honestly think there's something there. I thought they their timing and execution together was really well, and you just saw extra crispness and excitement to a thing of working. I'm like, I might, I might have been building something because you know it was her first match, but it it just looked like. You know, she was really excited to be there. Yeah, and it was really cool just to see that excitement from her. And again, she had an outstanding debut, I think. She's going to do some really good stuff, and I'm really excited to see what she does. We had an official inductee of uh, Julie Hart being inducted into the House of Black, which was cool to see. Then we got CM Punk addressing the crowd about being AEW Women's World Champion and being having to step away for his injury. And again, like he said, like he's... 
like he said, the big thing he said was the wheels haven't fallen off. It's just one's a bit broken. So he's still going to keep going until the wheels fall off and they haven't fallen off completely. Um, still hard for me to watch that. It hurts. It hurts seeing him feel that way because he's got tears in his eyes talking about how he never wanted to leave anyone feeling down or just letting anybody down or feeling people leave feeling disappointed so he said i hope i haven't made you feel that way this this so far he's like i loved every second he's been in this ring it's it's a gift he thought he'd never be able to experience again um i loved it again like i'm so glad that punk loves wrestling again and it's a shame that he's hit this bump in the road but that's exactly all it is so i i will be eagerly waiting when punk can return to wrestling because i will be ready and willing to be cheering for the true aw world champion the best in the world cm punk yeah um heartbreaking um pun intended because Bret Hart. uh yep no um it was one of those situations where it's the last thing you wanted to happen but it had to happen. It was going to happen. He's going to be able to maintain it. He's going to be able to watch himself going forward. He's going to come back stronger. Uh, we're going to have some more interesting storylines building to see him punk come back. And I'm hoping he's back for all out weekend in Chicago. Absolutely. I really hope that's the case as well. The main event of rampage was the TNT championship match between Scorpio sky and Dante Martin. Uh, and this was a solid match, I think, to close the show off. I mean, it was kind of hard to get people um, keep get people's uh, energy back up after getting their hearts kind of ripped out by by that announcement from Punk. But Dante had some good offense in there. Scorpio continuing to look good, and um, he was able to hit the TKO to win the match. It was honestly, it could have gone longer, but I mean, like it was just it it it, it, it was what it was. Um, I didn't really have anything an issue with it. I thought it was good. I didn't think it was bad. Uh, but, um, I, I am interested to see the decision of what they do with Dante Martin. Cause it seems like he's kind of like, he's in the mix. People know that like they really like Dante, but we haven't really figured out like, all right, are we going to keep pushing this kid even more or has he kind of hit a ceiling? He's a tag team guy that his tag team partner keeps getting hurt. Unfortunately. Right. I mean, they're, I think their thing is top flight and private party and um the gun club are like their tag teams of the future that's who they're gonna build around but when one half of your tag team keep getting hurt not his fault at all no of course but not. It, he got hurt it, it does you like it's like okay we're still trying to use you but but how do you use someone when this is not the ultimate way you plan to use them? Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. Yeah, it's a weird situation. They, I think they'll figure it out. They have done a good job of still featuring him, but the top flight is the goal, you know? Yeah, so hopefully we'll get to the point where we can see top flight actually do stuff because, yeah, it's a real shame that Darius kept getting hurt, so hopefully he's able to heal up quickly too. But that was Rampage, and we'll do a quick little preview of what we know of for AEW Dynamite coming up this week. Of course, we know that John Moxley will be facing the winner of a battle royal that will take place at the start of Dynamite. And at the main event of Dynamite, John Moxley will face the winner of that match. And then they will go on to Forbidden Door to challenge for the interim AEW World Championship. 
And over in a New Japan show, we will be getting Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto. The winner of that match will join uh, face off against the 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 other per- winner at Forbidden Door. So a lot of people are leaning towards the fact that we're going to get Moxley versus uh, Tanahashi, which I am perfectly fine with that being the match if that's the case. I'm okay. I'm very excited to see what this ends up turning out to be. Uh, but I am. Yeah. Once I realized I wasn't getting Punk versus Okada, I was like, oh, whatever works. I'm going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how I'm going to have a good time. And there's still going to be some outstanding matches on that Forbidden Door show that I'm so excited for. And I get White Castle, so, you know. No. There you go. There you go. You know how I feel about that. No, but it's going to be a great day. I think it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a fun show. We haven't even scratched the surface of all the matches we're going to get. Yeah. It's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but I think that will fully wrap it up. I will say, too, shout out that we're getting a Grand Rapids uh, show for Battle of the Belts 3, too. Michigan's still eating out here. I'm very glad that we're getting some more shit. Uh, Thank you for that. still... Thank oh Brandy for that. Randy yes, because that was her mission was to get shows in Michigan, her hometown. And even though she left, she was still working on it. She was still saying, oh, yeah. "I want to get shows in Detroit," and that is that it's awesome that she still cared enough, even after she was gone, to make sure that happened. Yeah, so big shout out on that. And tickets go on sale on Friday for for that you're probably going to get pre-sales for that on wednesday or thursday um so keep an eye out for that but that will do it for this very 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 long episode of a all things elite again thank you guys so much apologies for being away we're we're finally getting healthy so we'll be able to continue to do doing the show as scheduled so we appreciate you guys sticking with us continue to download this fine show on google or apple podcasts if you listen to us on Spotify or any other podcasting platforms, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and you can leave a donation through Red Circle if you are so inclined. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check us out, check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And as Floyd tries to get through this back to you. On uh, hiccups filling up his entire body, Dude. I'll send it Floyd so he can. Ta- I'll send it over to Floyd so he can take it home. Take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. I am glad I made it through this episode, and for everyone that hung with me, I appreciate you uh, because that I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is because it is frustrating for me because this is not hiccups for a few hours. I've had hiccups for days since Friday. They they're just not going away, but. I will say, take care of you and your family. Uh, you know, the mask, all, all that stuff looks silly. I know it's annoying. Take care of yourself. <laughs> take care of yourself. That's all I can say. Enjoy all the wrestling that's going on. <laughs> we're kind of in a magical, weird time. So we're working up to the Forbidden Door. We're working up to, you know, these blood and gut shows, these huge summer so it's going to be fun. Uh, but, yeah, if you don't want to sound like this, keep making sure you're taking care of yourself. So for you, thank you for everyone that has over the last three years listened to one second, one moment of our show, left a rating, left a review, asked the question. I want to let you know we all appreciate it. 
we're going to keep going, as our boy says, till the wheels fall off. And with that, I leave you how I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.